Last two weeks we've been talking about the biblical man and prayer. We've, we've been talking about the role of prayer, the necessity of prayer in the life of a man following Jesus Christ. And we've, we've looked at the truth and, and, and it's a big deal that, that to be all that God has called us to be, to, to be enabled to do and have the resources that God's given us uh, for, our, for our Christian walk, and really just to have the relationship, just to have an abiding relationship with Christ, to, to walk with Christ and to hear from Christ, uh, we must be men of prayer. And I don't, I don't know that we've stressed that enough in the church. We must be men of prayer. Man, you want to walk with Christ and you want to walk closely with Him and you want to do what He's called you to do, you must be a man committed to prayer. Great things would happen in our homes and in our marriages and in our churches if we were truly men of prayer. That's, that's the big truth that we've looked at so far. The definition of prayer, we've, we've looked at it for two weeks, and I think it's a big deal, uh, big enough that we restate it today. What is prayer? Uh, prayer is not getting God to do what we want Him to do. It's not just wishful thinking, but prayer is seeking God's will and the enablement and the, and the wisdom to see it happen. And that's what we desire in prayer. I, I want God's will to be done in my life, uh, in my marriage, in my business, in my home, in our church, and so we want to seek God's will, but not only that, the wisdom to know it's His will and the enablement for that to happen. That's, that's the purpose of prayer. Well, uh, all of that said, all of that established, with that understanding, you know what, we need to be men of prayer. Uh, with that as the goal, I want to move in for the next couple of weeks and look at the question, so then, how do we pray? How do we pray? If we want to be men of prayer, if we see the value and the necessity to be a praying man, how do we pray? And really the question from there is, is there a wrong way to pray? Is there a wrong way to pray? And I'll just tell you the, the common thought is, and if you're talking to folks, most people are going to say, no, there's no wrong way to pray. Just as long as you're praying, that's okay. Or any way you pray, that's okay. God knows and, and He understands, and so I think the general thought is there's not a wrong way to pray. Well, I want to show you in the next couple of weeks the biblical truth is there is a wrong way to pray. Uh, don't know that I ever really heard that much. Just, just as long as you're praying, that's okay. Actually, there is a wrong way to pray because biblically speaking, there is a right way to pray. And I, and I have to come to terms with that. You know what? If there's a right way to pray, and we're going to talk about that, well, then the flip side of that is there must be a wrong way to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, we find recorded there, Jesus is teaching. It's His Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching some pretty, some pretty heavy truths, some pretty important truths there. Well, in that context, He has a teaching on prayer. Well, there in Matthew 6, we have what we have called the Lord's Prayer. And we talk about the Lord's Prayer. And if I say, hey, somebody lead us in the Lord's Prayer, we would kick off and we'd recite the Lord's Prayer. Well, I want to tell you, that has been misapplied and that has been misunderstood in Christian life. We need to understand, and we're going to see this, uh, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus doesn't give us a prayer to memorize. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus doesn't give us a prayer to recite. 
And, and for some crazy reason, we've made that well, just a prayer that we, can, that we can recite. In Matthew chapter 6, we need to understand He gives us a model for prayer. So I think a better, a better name instead of the Lord's Prayer would be the model prayer. In Matthew 6, uh, we see the model for prayer. We're going to spend several weeks uh, looking at Jesus' model for prayer, the biblical model for prayer. Very simply, you could say this. As a Christian, this is how we pray. Now let me tell you why that's a big deal. What if you could hear from God and God would say, this is how to pray. Don't do this, don't do this. This is actually how you pray. And God were to tell you, this is how we pray. Well, that's exactly what we have here in Matthew chapter 6. As Christians... Jesus is telling us this is the model for prayer. This is how we pray. So we're going to start again today looking at Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at a couple things today. Uh, In Matthew 6, verses 5, and I think we're going to go through verse 8. But we're going to look at a couple things in, in the model prayer. First thing is this. In prayer, we're to have the right motivation. We're to have the right motivation. Listen to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. It says this, now Jesus is speaking. When you pray, you're not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand to pray in the synagogues and on the street quarters, so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into the inner room, close your door. And pray to the Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. First thing we see here is we're to have the right motivation in prayer. Now think about this for just a second. We talked about this two weeks ago. Prayer is a conversation with God. It is communication with God. Um, Think about that for just a second. Prayer, the motivation for prayer, is not to be noticed. It's not to be known as some spiritual person. It's not for people to think, man, they've got it all together and they're a great Christian. Prayer, the motivation for prayer, is not a religious show. Now, how many guys do you know that, man, when they get in front of somebody, they can pray and it sounds like thunder and lightning and they say all the right words and and man if we're going to call somebody to pray let's call on them because boy they they know how to pray and it, it seems some of those folks are, are more than willing to say hey let me pray and let me pray in the large crowd and let me pray where people can see me well well here it starts off and it says you know what that's not the motivation it's not to be noticed it's not to be seen uh, jesus says hypocrites do that people that try to appear one way but are actually another Those are the folks that do that. Notice it says here, and I think it's very interesting. It says of those people, they already have, or they have, their reward in full. Now what does that mean? That means this. Their goal in prayer is to be seen. Their goal in prayer is to be heard, and really their motivation in prayer is to be noticed. Well, Jesus says here, if that's their goal... They've accomplished that. If you want to be known, if you want to be heard, if you want to be recognized, you have received the result that you've desired in prayer. 
That's what he says of those people. But you know what? That's a pretty empty thing. If your goal is to talk to the living God, if your, if your goal is to hear from God, if your goal is to be in fellowship with God, you know what? Praying with the wrong motivation is not going to cut it. They want to be seen and heard, and they, they receive what it is they desire. They're seen and heard. But when you have the right motivation, look at the last of verse, verse 6. It says, your father who sees what is done in secret, your father who knows your motivation, it says this, he will reward you. So the first thing we see is we're to have the right motivation. God knows why you're praying. He knows your heart in prayer. It's not for show. It's not for status. It's not out of religious duty. We pray to have a conversation with God. We have to have the right motivation in prayer. Second thing we see is we have to have the right method in prayer. So you mean method matters? Well, he's telling us here's the right method, so there must be a wrong method. If we're going to pray as Christ has modeled for us to pray, we have to pray in the right method. Look at verses 7 and 8. And when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Man, they think I've got a lot of words, and because of that, God's going to hear my prayer. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now the example here in these two verses is that of the pagan world. Now, these pagans, they would chant their prayers, and they would cry out in their prayers, and they would go on and on and on in their prayers. They would, they would repeat the same thing over and over. They would repeat that on and on and on in hopes that for all these words, for all of the commotion, that God would be forced to hear. I've said this, and I've repeated it, and I've said it these ways, and, and God's forced to hear. And, and even more than that, that because of those many words, God would act. It says, for their many words, they think they will be heard. Well, Jesus says here, you know what? The method matters. And Jesus says here, now watch this. That's not our Christian practice. We're not just repeating words. We're not just repeating prayers. As if by saying those words and saying those prayers many times that God is drawn to listen, to hear, and to act upon those words. It's not what we do as Christians. Think about this for just a second. Because if we do, you know what? You say the same prayer and you repeat that prayer and this situation occurs and that's when you have to recite this certain prayer. If you become involved in that, the words become meaningless. That's what verse 7 says. For all their words become vast repetitions. They become meaningless. They lose their value. They carry no value and that prayer becomes ritualistic and becomes a religious duty. Let me give you an example of that. And I was just thinking about that this morning. If our goal is to communicate with God, to have a conversation, to, to converse with God uh, through prayer, that's our goal is to talk to God and to not speak at Him. What does that look like in method? Let me give you an example here. My goal is to talk to my wife. My goal is to understand her and for her to understand me. 
and to have a real conversation with my wife. Now, she comes in tonight, and I see that, you know what, she has some issue going on. And I can look by the way she comes in, something's upset her. I, I see the look on her face, and I understand there's, there's something brewing, there's something going on. She's concerned about something. And we sit down, and my goal is to have a conversation. My, my goal is to converse and to communicate and to hear what's on her heart. So we sit down, and we look at each other, and I say this. What went on today? What went on today? Tell me what went on today. And she says, well, this happened, and this person said this, and this thing's occurred, and, and I didn't know this was going to happen, and it's got me upset, and I don't know what I'm going to do here, and I think I might do this, and, and she explains what went on, and she explains the situation, and, and man, my feelings are hurt about this, and, and she tells me the whole situation. And then she finishes, and I look at her and say, well, what went on today? And she said, kind of looks, well, what, I just told you what went on. What went on is this happened in this situation, and I'm not sure about this, and this has hurt my feelings, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do about it. And, and she said, I already just told you, but she tells me again what happened. And when she finishes that, I look at her, and I'm, I'm real concerned, and I say, well, what went on today? And she goes, you've lost your mind. I don't know what you've been up to. I've told you two times what went on today. And, and I don't, you're not listening to a word I say. And I jump up and say, what went on today? And she says, you've you got to go. You're crazy. I don't, I've told you now two times. And, and I'm just sitting there going, what went on today? And, I, and she says, you get out of the house. I've had enough of you. And you shut the door. And as you shut the door, you say, well, what, what went on today? I've told you what went on today. You, what's going on with you today? Where have you been today? What went on today? And you shut the door, and as you drive off in your car, that was dumb. There was no meaning in that. There was no depth in that. There was no conversation in that. And, and she's, she's looking out in the yard, and you're going, what went on today? And as you drive off in your car, she's mad, and you're sitting there thinking, well, she ought to be just glad I wanted to talk to her. Isn't it good that I just came to talk to her? Well, that's the same way when we come with meaningless repetition. You know what? I don't care what God has, and I don't care what the conversation is. I just want to say the same thing over and over again. Meaningless words due to your vast repetition. That's not how we pray as followers of Jesus Christ. That's not a conversation. That's not communication. Look at the last line of verse 8. We're going to end there today. It says, So do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And I, I used to have trouble with that. Don't be like those people who pray like that for their many words, think they're going to be heard. Their words become meaningless. Don't be like them. But then it says, For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. What is, what is that saying? He knows all things. He's outside of time. He's not surprised by what's going on. In fact, he knows how it ends. He's not worried about these things. And it says, he knows what I need before I even ask. So I start to wonder, so why even pray? Isn't that really what that says? He knows, he knows the answer. He knows the outcome. He knows what I'm going to come and ask him. So why would I even pray? Again, I want you to see why that's here. 
It's here because it's not about the need. It's here. Now, it's, it's evidence in that, but it's not, it's not about that. It's here because it's about the relationship. That's why it's there. He knows what you need. He knows how it ends. Why, why do we come in prayer? It's because it's about the relationship. It's about worship. It's about me understanding that who He is, that, that He's all-powerful, and that He's the Creator, and He's all-knowing, and, and who I am, that I'm fallible, and my, my strength will run out. And it's about me worshiping Him because I go to Him in prayer. I understand who He is, and I understand who I am. It's, it's about trust. You know what? I, I can put my trust in myself, but, but I see where that gets me, and I trust Him. And I trust my hope is in Him and my, my answers in Him. And so even though He knows what I need before I even come, it's about trust and it's about a conversation. It's about conversing with God. It's about God and it's not about us. That's why it says that at the conclusion of the verse. You know what? He tells us to pray. He tells us to be people of prayer. But it's not about the issue so much as it is about the relationship with God. Greatest thing that could happen to us here today is we begin to believe that. And we say, you know what, I, I know He's faithful, and I know He's trustworthy, and I know He's sovereign, but you know what, I want to hear from Him, and I want to talk to Him, and I want to hear His wisdom, and I, and I want to come, and instead of pouring out my trouble somewhere that I'm not going to find an answer, I want to have this conversation with Him, and it's about us having a relationship with the living God. You know what, the motivation matters. You know what? Even the method matters. But it comes down to the fact it's about a relationship with God. Glad you're here today. Pray that God spoke today. I'm going to ask if you'll stand and I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you today. We're thankful that you want to have a relationship with us. We're thankful that you didn't write us off. You didn't count us too far gone. That through Christ you forgive us. You redeem us, you restore us. I'm thankful that you give us the ability to talk to the creator, living God of the universe. I'm thankful that you don't give us the ability, you also encourage us. You tell us that we can come boldly, not as, not as sheepish little people that have to slide up there. We can come boldly because of Christ. And we can come and nothing is too big and nothing is too small. And it's all about a relationship, a worship, a trust relationship with you. I pray in this room that we'll become men of prayer, that we'll endeavor to, to build our relationship with you, that we might hear you, that we might discern your will, that we'd be empowered in it, and we would be different husbands. We would be different employees, and we'd be different employers. We'd be different church members, and it would, it would grow, and it would be stirred out of our relationship with the living God. Help us be men of prayer. We love you, we thank you, we trust you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen.